Welcome to the Nurturing Podcast, where early childhood is the priority. I am Arjun Gupta, the co-founder of Soko World. In our podcast, we share real-life, actionable experiences and knowledge of educators and parenting experts to help you build a strong foundation for our future generations. Be it early childhood teaching and caring practices, philosophies, parenting tips and techniques, or even room design. We talk about everything early childhood to improve development and learning outcomes in children from 0 to 6. Today's guest needs no introduction in the field of education. Amongst many other things, he is credited with transforming a 1500 plus student school. He is often acclaimed for introducing innovative ways of not only teaching but also school design. Please welcome an innovator at heart, a master leadership trainer, and chairman of FICCI Arise UP West and an outspoken enthusiast of technology in education Dr Arunab Singh from New Delhi Hello Dr Arunab thank you for joining us today on the nursing podcast presented by Soko World Hey Arjun how are you Doing very well Dr Arunab thank you for asking We are very excited to talk to you today Dr Arunab one thing that I realized while scripting this podcast was that i could easily spend 40 minutes just talking about your life and achievements so i thought it might be best to hear your life story from you please share your story with us dr arunab i was born in a satellite town to new delhi is called ghazibad it's a small satellite town uh, currently has a population of about 2.8 million people it was a slightly smaller city then with about a million people when i was i was born so i i grew up there and um, I went to college uh, at Delhi University uh, in this college called the Hindu College. I think it was a stroke of uh, luck that I found myself in the college because it is basically next to impossible. We now told that the acceptance rates to that college are higher uh, like it's more difficult to get into that than to get into Carnegie Mellon in terms of our subscription. So um, so that's where I did sociology and that did tons of theater and plan was actually to do more theater and i think it was probably second or third year that those those plan kind of changed and this thought of i i liked uh, mentoring and tutoring so why not actually go into education and then try and see if uh, i can make a difference so that's when i looked up uh, courses on furthering my education in the field of k12 education space and found king's college london was doing this masters in education program which which uh, appeared quite interesting so in 2004 i found myself in my first international flight ever and you know, the next almost 2 years would be spent first studying in england and then working there and i think that that was when my love for education started to happen as a part of our course the professors uh, would often take us schools in central london and make us sit in these classrooms and then we would discuss uh, what we saw and and i believe that is where i first started to get a feel of what was the developed world doing differently to uh, india and how there was this tremendous scope for improving what we could do in india So, so I think that that's primarily where the story began, and so that course, and those experiences, and working in London, and I came back to India in two thousand six, and the school has been something that I've uh, been doing since. 
I now lead the school as a director. And I think I've got a fantastic team that supports me in the journey of improving education for kids around us. That's quite a journey, Dr. Arunab. So what, what do you really love the most about being in the education profession? It, it is a fantastic profession to be in because no two days of your life are going to be the same. You can go imagining different things and then something would crop up and it would take half your day. Uh, but one of the things that I really like um, uh, in my work is being able to make a, a difference, a real difference that you can see. And then, and then there are times when kids who've graduated from school years before would come back and say, well, I'm, I'm back because I had this urge to come back and say thank you. And, and when things like those happen, uh, it feels all this work is quite worthwhile. And also because um, of the manner in which uh, information is now available, you're able to learn from systems across the world and then contextualize it for your own setting, which, which is quite satisfying. Uh, I can absolutely relate to that. I come from a family of educators, and I think this was one of the key reasons that kept them in the education field. You know, the, the, the feeling of fulfillment and being able to impact someone's life at such high levels. I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, uh, my mom was a trained teacher um, and educator as well. And these were discussions that I grew up in. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, Dr. Arunab, tell us more about your philosophy and pedagogy. How is it different from others? And why is it so important? Well, I don't know if my philosophy is different from others, but I, I primarily believe in that uh, one of the biggest or the most important things that you need to do as an educator is to make the child think. Uh, while, you know, some content is required and you need to make that as a base layer. But amongst the most important attributes that you need to uh, instill in a child, I would probably say would be uh, curiosity and perseverance. And I think what we've done at NWS over the years has been to that effect of how do we make this child think better, take chances, stay on track, keep doing it till the time they're not able to do it. Like there is this mindset theory uh, that has been around for a while now. You may know of Carol Dweck, where she talks about growth mindset and how do you move a human from this thought of I can't do this to I can't do this yet and how yet becomes an important word. So I, I think that that's what my uh, philosophy has been for a long time of get the kid to feel that I can do it and then uh, help him find the tools to do it. Wow. I can see how impactful this can be. Giving that growth mindset of not yet is absolutely so powerful and I believe has the power to keep a person going and looking for the tools and solutions to bridge the gap. Very powerful, Dr. Arunav. So, um, you mentioned that your love for education started in the UK. How did your experiences so far uh, specifically in the UK, influence the direction you have adopted for Nehru World School? Okay, that'll be tough to, uh, you know, put together in a, in a podcast. <laughs> but um, one thing that you have to give to United Kingdom is that they, for centuries, kept creating explorers and adventurers and entrepreneurs who would go travel the world and uh, find themselves bases. And, and do business with those countries and uh, and many a times uh, ended up ruling them. So there was something that was happening right in their primary schools. 
And I believe one thing that they've been able to do fairly well, and I would add a disclaimer here, till, till recently <laughs> with, with what's happening there with Brexit. But uh, I believe this thought of getting kids to think and take chances uh, as a primary thought uh, came to me when I was experiencing these uh, classrooms uh, in London and then in several other countries as well. While in India, we, for the longest time, had a lot of focus on content and how a child needs to immerse themselves in content and deliver it uh, on command. So amongst other things, um, I think the most important thing that I have learned from all of my travels is that all developed economies or all knowledge economies are making sure that their kids are thinking better and they're, they're making them find these ways to think better. That is a very insightful perspective. And um, yes, quite different from the education system that I grew up in. Our primary focus, you know, as you mentioned, was more on crunching numbers, making sure that the lesson plans are all delivered and followed through. Um, there was little scope of thinking uh, in the way, you know, we were being taught. Raising kids in an environment where they are encouraged to think is for sure the only way we make them capable of successfully handling the situations they will face in their lives. Which for sure, you know, will be very different from, the, from our present times. Um, so talking more on philosophy, Nehru World School runs from pre-family to grade 12. How does your philosophy differ by segments or, you know, by age group of your school? Okay, uh, I think that's the toughest of, the, of all the questions that you asked me. Because again, we, we have traditionally been a culture where uh, kids in the primary are expected to not take a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. And while when they become much senior, the system just all of a sudden expects them to be in charge. So we've tried to build in a progression and a continuum of creating these chances for kids. So the basic philosophy for all our wings would stay the same, but the manner in which uh, we would deliver it would possibly change uh, slightly. The younger the kids, more hand-holding teachers uh, would do, and there would be an expectation for parents to handhold as well. There was a study that I was being quoted only last week where uh, they uh, measured how much time do parents spend per week uh, getting their children to do homework. And they found out that India came right on top. America came uh, somewhere in the middle. And the Japanese were actually spending the least time uh, getting their kids to do the homework. So while these Indian parents are spending this much time with their parents, with their children, getting them to do the homework, we are hoping that in the early years, that this time is spent more productively in engaging with a child. And as a kid grows, they keep getting more and more uh, independent in their learning. But the basic thought or philosophy is actually the same. Get the kid to be, become responsible for themselves, be responsible for others around them, and uh, take charge of their own uh, decision-making. What you just mentioned, Dr. Ronab, is, is absolutely critical and something that I see both teachers and parents struggle with. The philosophy of making children feel independent or responsible enough to be able to make their own decisions is something that every parent and school must adopt. You also called out driving meaningful engagement at home as a key part of your school's philosophy. Um, at Soko World, we take this to heart. 
you know, and believe that meaningful engagement of a child must continue at home as well. And uh, if we are able to do that, it will bring a real difference in how the children shape up as they grow. Um, so, Dr. Arunab, changing the tone of the podcast a little bit here, we have observed that innovation has become a cornerstone in pretty much everything you have done, from school infrastructure, mobile computer labs, to startup superstars. What is your source of inspiration for innovation? Well, necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, <laughs> I think it's probably something that my mother or father probably built into me, which was, you know, every time you do it, try to do it better than how you've done it uh, before. Uh, that perhaps has been the one big reason why we've tried to keep innovating and keep improving things that we do. So it's as simple as that. Right? I think that that's how humans have been perpetually at uh, at it in trying to make a, a smaller, faster chipset. It's possibly the same thing that drives all of us. I must say this is very powerful again and very fundamental in nature. To go a little deeper, so how did you integrate innovation in your school culture? By empowering people who are uh, part of the school system, by allowing them to question something that we've kept doing for the longest time, only because uh, it's been uh, happening for a long time. That perhaps has been uh, one, one big ask of the team, that can you or will you question something that we've done for maybe 20 years and then present a way in which uh, we can do it better. Mm. This is very inspiring, Dr. Arunab, and again, very, very fundamental to bring any change. One important thing that I would like to call out again for, the, for our listeners, cautioning is the first step, but only halfway through. Cautioning and also thinking and presenting a solution, or at least thinking and looking for a solution, is what defines and drives innovation. I must say, very well put, Dr. Arunab. So taking one specific innovation initiative of yours, Startup Superstars, it has been talk of the world media recently. What is Startup Superstars? Please tell us about your biggest lessons from it and how are you inculcating them in your classrooms on a day-to-day -day basis? Startup Superstars is an entrepreneurship program. Again, it's, it's not something that has happened in the world for the first time. Mm -hmm. The one uh, or a couple of differences that this program has in comparison to many others that have been around in the world. One, the youngest uh, entrepreneur in this program is a six-year-old. So children who are in grade one become part of it and uh, all through across the school. And second, the school gives them a soft landing where we say, if you've made a loss, then we will take care of the loss. If you've made a profit, you get to keep the profit. And uh, so at the start, every child has to come up with a business plan. And then they need to convince their classroom that their business idea is the business idea that the class should run with. So the class would eventually choose one business idea and then school would fund them to start that business. So that's basically what Startup Superstars is. And uh, in terms of our learning from it, kids who are really, really involved, they've, they've never been so involved in a home assignment uh, of one of the subjects as much as they were in making their own business plans and their business proposals and projects. So uh, you know, kids are super involved. They are ready to take ownership of their projects, of their businesses. They are ready to accept when they fail and, uh, and, and reflect on why they failed. Perhaps one counterintuitive thing that we had to do was as teachers, we are trained to you know help kids succeed. But this was a program in which we 
in which we were absolutely fine for kids to not succeed because we were more interested in them learning their own lessons and figuring out their their own problems so uh, that would be one big learning outcome for us as teachers and the surprise actually of their business acumen it was only a couple of weeks back there was a parent teacher meeting in the school and this first grader was exhibiting some some of the wares that he had so i asked him you know good morning how are you and he says good morning sir do you want to buy something i mean he was right on track to say boss you know i have got a shop you got money you need to buy stuff so how clued in they are uh, has been another another learning it's it's going very well and i know a lot of schools are looking at implementing similar programs in their schools as well this is absolutely fabulous i can see the level of thought that would have gone into startup superstars it is just amazing i'm sure it's bringing amazing results as you said and really empowering our next generation to be able to endorse failure and not think it as a failure but think it as a lesson learned and move on um so dr anurab changing gears again a bit so running a school is a huge task what are your top three challenges and how do you tackle them okay running a school is a task it does have a lot of processes that you need to stay on top of changing the culture of the school i believe is the hardest of them all in fact it would probably take all three of my first three positions is changing the culture of the school changing the culture from a mindset that this child's brain is a vessel and it needs to be filled to this child can actually take charge of his own learning and i'm here to guide him and motivate him to do so that perhaps has been our biggest challenge i believe we as a team have been able to uh, get somewhere in improving that scenario in our school and getting kids to think and be active in their own learning but it's a work in progress and we would continue to uh, work in that domain for the longest time certainly um and this is actually kind of a segue into our next question about the teachers that a school should hire so we often hear from school owners that hiring and managing staff is one of the, their biggest challenges what are the key characteristics that you look in a teacher before hiring them attitude <laughs> we we are i think we are really looking for the the attitude of this person and while it is difficult to gauge in a in an interview format but over time as the process uh, goes on the person does tend to reflect the kind of person they are and how to think so that for us to becomes the first cornerstone of uh, our team and their content knowledge and their communication skills would be other parts that would concern us and i think it's is basically topping all of this it has to be them being great humans because children would not just learn the the subject that the teachers teach from them but they would actually also learn the kind of people their teachers are absolutely it is, it is a bit difficult to find um people like this but if you try hard enough there are many people out there who are genuinely looking to make a difference in lives of children uh, that they interact with uh, it was a, a bit difficult at the start but but not anymore i think i'm blessed with a fantastic phenomenal team of people who genuinely believe in the cause that they work on awesome and uh, let me flip this question a bit who would you never hire i would never hire a conceited person yeah i, I think i would never hire, hire a conceited person because the worst thing that you can tell a child is that there is a human that knows everything and he is best at everything because 
that's just not a possibility. So uh, of all kinds of people that you should keep kids away from, conceited people would be at the top of my list. That is quite different from what we've heard till now, but I think that holds a lot of value. Absolutely. Being able to learn and having that mindset, even for the teachers, is critical. Um, so based on a lot of research that we do at Soko World, we found that a classroom's design matters a lot in how effectively the children develop and learn. How do you think about design in your school? Our understanding of school design is developing over time. The learning space needs to be welcoming and uh, airy. There are, there are a couple of things that I have been reading on more recently and understood the value they actually have on the learning experience of the child in greater detail. So I've always known that the classroom needs to be bright, but more recently I've understood the difference between the yellow light and the, and the white light and how the, the white light with over a thousand lux is something which every classroom should have. And I was exposed very recently to this research where uh, these researchers had found out how the level of carbon dioxide in a classroom was impacting student learning. Mm -hmm. And um, they found out that as soon as carbon dioxide uh, went up uh, by over a thousand milligrams to the volume ratio, uh, the learning actually dropped. So they attempted to start this program called BYOP, which stands for Bring Your Own Plant to School, and uh, uh, found out that uh, those plants actually reduce the carbon dioxide levels in a classroom. And symptoms like ADHD went down to 83%, which was, wow. Phenomenal, yeah. So, uh, so that, that's my most recent chapter of understanding on design. So how the quality of air is uh, making a difference to uh, student learning and just the light levels and the kind of impact that they have on student learning. So when I make my next school, I would say these are going to be my top two priorities going forward. Very interesting. Um, a lot of our listeners, both school owners and parents, have questions on design. Hey guys, hope you are taking note of this. Light and carbon dioxide levels as the two important decision factors that you must consider while designing your rooms or school. And Dr. Anurabh, bring your own plan is a great new idea that, you know, we just heard today. Thank you for sharing. So moving on to our next topic that's being talked about a lot these days, technology. Technology is changing how schools function and engage with parents. How do you see technology playing a role in your school? Okay, so technology to me is like fire. It can keep you warm on a winter night, but it can also burn you uh, if you get overexposed to it. So uh, there is no denying the fact that technology can be an enabler in the classroom. And if used right, you could really uh, help a child uh, personalize their learning space. So be it in learning, uh, assessment, or communication, provided that technology is used in the right manner, there is space for it. But, but that's where we need to be careful about uh, we mustn't put technology only because it is cool to do so. It has to add value. Otherwise, doing things on hand would still uh, make more sense for me. So at NWS, we've tried to uh, moderate the two of them. And we're trying to use technology in personalizing learning, in helping out kids who are starting to fall behind or identifying kids who are right ahead of the, the learning curve and then providing adequate learning uh, environments to both of them. We've also been able to engage with our parent body more 
and bring them on board on student learning. So technology works, but like fire, you want to have just enough of it. Very well put, Dr. Arunab. Now, we are moving towards the end of our podcast. What are the top three tips you would give people who want to open or join a school? Okay, so people who want to open a school, be prepared to be patient when you join a school. This is not something that you do to make quick money. This is something that you do to you know create legacy. And yeah, so don't be greedy. Have patience is my advice to people who want to open a school. For people who want to join a school, try and look for what kind of a school leader are you joining. A school could have some fantastic facilities, but if the leadership team is not of a positive mindset, of growth mindset, then that perhaps is not a school that at least I would join. Those would possibly be my only tips. Very well put again. The intention and motive behind one's action is very critical. Let me, let me say that again. The intention and motive behind one's action is very critical. I'm very sure our audience would find your tips very, very helpful. So now moving on to our last question for the day. What are the top few tips that you would give parents that are looking for a school? Go visit the school. Only because the school is good for my child doesn't mean that it'll be good for your child as well. Go visit the school and try and talk to teachers. Ideally, if the school allows you in when the, the students are there, have a look at how their classrooms are running. Try and gauge, is the student body happy? Do you see walking around happy or gloomy? And also, uh, uh, one of the, the fastest ways of figuring out what's happening in a school is standing outside the school when the school starts and when the school ends. And often the body language of students tell you if what's happening inside the school is worthwhile or not. Fantastic. It has been a real pleasure talking to you, Dr. Anup. We definitely learned a lot. Any parting thoughts that you would want to share with our listeners? Read and then read and then read some more. It's only when you read that can that you can actually start to think and stand a chance of uh, forecasting future or possibly adding some value to it. So, yeah, I think those would be my three key advices. Read, read, and then read some more. Thank you, Dr. Arunab. This is possibly the best advice ever. So, dear listeners of Nurturing Podcast, read, read, and read more. Let me add a little bit to that. Listen. Listen and listen more to the Nursing Podcast for new insights in the world of education. Here we have Dr. Arunab talk about his life journey, values, philosophy and learnings. If you would like to ask him another question, please write to us at connect at tweakthefuture.com and we will try to cover that in our next podcast with him. Again, it is connect at tweakthefuture.com. If you would like to hear another guest, and you want us to interview him or her, please drop us a note at the same address, connect at tweakthefuture.com. That is T-W-E-A-K, tweakthefuture.com. Or, you know, let's make it easy for you. WhatsApp, WhatsApp us at plus one, 650-758-7626. Again, plus one, 650-758-7626. We look forward to hearing so much more from you.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Nurturing Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Soko World, an all-in-one platform for preschools, daycares, and parents. Our mission at Soko World is to create super schools and super parents that are aware and engaged meaningfully to deliver better development and learning outcomes for children from 0 to 6 years. To access our other podcasts and helpful resources, download our app Soko World that is S O C O World from your app store or visit blog.sokoworld.com. Again, S O C O world.com Do subscribe to our newsletter so you can get news, resources, articles and templates delivered directly to you to help you with your daily work and challenges. Thank you again for being such an amazing audience. Stay tuned.